It's no secret that when we feel our best, we operate at our best. And that's absolutely true when it comes to our clothing as well. When we dress in a way that makes us feel polished and put together, we carry ourselves differently. We assert ourselves differently and relate to ourselves differently. Confidence is one of the biggest predictors in closing a sale. And a big part of that is based on our view of ourselves. And that's what we are deep diving into with our guest in today's episode. Fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset, selling style and sales process that helps you take your business solution to more prospects, potential clients and the world at large. If you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales, scale and sustainability in your business, you have reached the right place. I'm Roshni Baronia. Your host for the show is The Sales, which is all about helping you bring your authentic and influential self to each sales conversation. Hello, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Well, hello, and thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here with you. Um, my name is Jordan. I am an image strategy expert, and I am also the founder of Mikado Personal Styling, which is a full-service personal styling firm for men and women. We help mostly working professionals take the confusion out of what to wear so they can really build their confidence and then just show up in their careers as the most empowered, confident version of themselves and hopefully, you know, land more clients, more opportunities, and just feel better about themselves in their everyday life. Wow, that sounds so interesting. So let's deep dive into this uh, correlation between wardrobe plus styling and confidence mm-hmm. plus self-esteem because that's the entire work you do, right? How to build yes. confidence with wardrobe. So what's the correlation? How does that happen? What's the science yeah. behind it? I love this question because I think it's something that's often overlooked, especially when we think about our careers. Um, We so often are thinking about maybe our skills, our experience, all those other things, which are so important. But the final piece is the confidence piece, because even if we have all of the skills required to show up in that job, if we don't walk into that room as the most empowered version of ourselves, then we often may be overlooked for somebody else who is more confident than us. And so confidence, you know, it is built on a wide variety of factors, but feeling like ourselves, feeling good in our skin is a big way that that happens. And that's where the clothing piece comes in. So I help people find the clothing, not that is the most in fashion or the most well-recognized on social media, but the clothing that really represents them, that when they put it on, it feels like, oh my God, I'm myself. I feel great. I'm ready to step into a room and just show everybody everything that I bring to the table. So I would say, Roshi, I would imagine that you yourself have been in an experience where maybe you dressed really quickly. You didn't feel great about the way you put yourself together. And when you go out into the world like that, you make yourself a bit smaller. You don't want to speak as loudly, interject yourself into as many conversations. And so when that happens, we're just not being ourselves to the best of our ability. So I just really want people to find the way that they can exemplify all the incredible work they've done in the outer package and show up as that person in their careers. That was a really long answer for that question. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, absolutely. That's what uh, we wanted to dive into because yes, there are very little, little things that go into building that entire confidence for ourselves. Like I'm a sales expert. And when I work with people about uh, selling and how to uh, amplify their sales confidence, where they are having that conversation 
conversation with their prospect or the potential client yeah. or they go in for <laughs> negotiating that business deals so yes the entire wardrobe and how they feel confident in that power suit is yes. something which is hugely overlooked aspect it's of so the entire persona yeah. uh, how you project yourself how you right. influence because probably it is the initial 3 to 4 seconds that people judge about yeah. you and it is all yeah. the non verbal communication how you present yourself that's when they form a perception about you and yes, clothing is absolutely. a big part of it it really is and i'm sure we'll go into this more but a big part of it is aligning with expectations so how does that prospect expect us yeah. to look when we arrive there and i think that's why i get a lot of pushback because often people think like it's not about clothing or it's not about beauty standards or looking a certain way and it's not but it is about aligning with that expectation so if i expect to see somebody who i trust to represent my company my money my legal affairs whatever it might be they need to exemplify that person and i also need to be able to tell that they feel confident in themselves when they walk in so that i have trust in them a big part of that rather is just embodying that person and feeling that way ourselves i think right that's so massive also i wanted to touch upon with you of course we'll go deeper into this but uh, like you work both with men and women uh, yeah. for your image and wardrobe styling yes. services mm-hmm. so uh, do you see any difference between how men approach uh, dressing up for success and how women approach dressing up for success it's a good question i think yes and no like the rules they kind of stay the same. So the number one rule we already touched on is aligning with expectations. That's for men and women alike. So getting really clear on what is the prospect expect of me? That's mm-hmm. the same for men and women. What level of professionalism do they expect? I would say the difference between men and women is that men have less choices. Men it's like am I going to wear a, a suit and tie or am I going to wear pants and a shirt with no jacket? <laughs> right. There's less choice there for men. For women we have more choice. So sometimes it, the styling rules can become a little bit more ambiguous because there's more room in there. But I would just say across the board it's just you know paying attention to the way the other person perceives us. I think that that's gender fluid. Like I don't think there's a certain role for one or the other. Right. So any particular big nose you have when you are suggesting or advising people to dress up for a particular important meeting or when they are going in for promotion or they are going in to sign up big deals any big nose that people usually do when they yeah. are styling their wardrobe yeah there's a few that come to mind and the first one here is actually for women in particular and unfortunately we do need to touch on it it's like being overly i don't want to say sexualized but maybe you know showing too much skin or right. unfortunately it is something that needs to be discussed and right. we i always want to remind people that your skills are what matters totally we do not want to distract from that so by showing too much skin sometimes that happens we're taking away from the quality of your message when we do that so i think as women it is something we need to pay attention to that would be a no for starters and then anything else that falls into the category of i call it making your look louder than your voice so anything that takes away too much that would be like really crazy colors or really crazy 
crazy patterns. Because what happens then is that my entire focus goes to why is he wearing that bright orange and polka dot loud shirt or something? Right. That's an extreme example. But instead of paying attention to what you're talking about, I'm paying attention to something that's really busy or really crazy. So finding that balance of looking polished and presentable, but not having that be louder than the message that you're trying to convey. I think that's really important. And that's a no. Oftentimes people will often do something like that without paying attention to that. So I would say that would be another no that I see happen quite frequently. This for women could also come into like lots of jewelry or lots of busy things that are taking away like less is more. Let's just keep it polished, professional. We don't need to do too much to take away from you're the amazing thing that we want to see. So we don't need to take away from that. And then of course, on the other side of that is being too casual. So millennials and Gen Zers are notorious for taking business casual to just like business casual to just casual. <laughs> right. So before COVID, I used to go into offices and give presentations on this. And I would see millennials, unfortunately, <laughs> like sometimes they would be there with flip flops or something like, you know, right. too far casual. And when we do that, we're saying that we don't take ourselves seriously because, you know, people take us as seriously as we take ourselves. So if you come into a business meeting or a business interview, rather, maybe you didn't wear flip-flops, but you're really casual. Like maybe something's dirty. I could tell you just threw that on, came here. It gives me the impression that you don't really take this seriously or that you don't really care about this opportunity. So even if it is a casual environment, we still want to put attention into what, are, what we're doing. So a big no would be not paying attention to it, not thinking about it ahead of time, and then just throwing something on and thinking that that will be enough. Right. That's so important. Yes, I, I can instantly think of so many women who like wear chunky rings. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very it's usual good. for us that we use a lot of hands and then yeah. <laughs> they are very distracting. Yeah. Or the bracelets, they bracelets. are like hitting against each other. Yes. And so instead of hearing your voice, I'm hearing that. Yes. It seems like a small thing when we're talking about it like this, but it's actually not because I could get so distracted by the rings bouncing around or the bracelets and necklaces or something that I miss everything you're talking about because that's what I'm focused on. And we don't want that. We have so much to bring to the table. So don't let somebody get distracted by these things like our clothes that don't matter as much as all the other things, but they do have the ability to take somebody's attention completely away from what you're talking about. Right, right. That's a very, very important piece. Of, I think uh, there's so, I think there's so few things that we have control of in our careers, so many other things we can't control. But something like clothing, that's completely within our control. And it, yes. it doesn't take that much effort. It's not about going to buy a new wardrobe or having to have lots of money to invest in designer clothing. It's not about that. It's just about paying a little bit of attention to it to make all the difference. True. So important. So now yeah. that you have uh, indicated the big no's, what would be yeah. the big yeses? So what are the tips on how to create a positive influence, especially when you are going in for a very, very important meeting, like Great. when you are going to meet a client, what kind of a clothing yeah. should create a positive influence? Great. So we already touched on expectations and I'm always going to keep coming back to that. There's not one look that goes across the board for everybody. So mm -hmm. rather than just thinking, I'm just going to put on my go-to suit and go there, 
think about where am I going and what does that prospective employer or client expect of me? The number one way to win an impression is to align with expectations. So are they expecting somebody that's really polished in a three-piece suit or are they expecting somebody that's maybe more dressed down and looks like the culture of what I'm hoping to be working in. So Mm -hmm. understanding, maybe do a little bit of research. I'll often tell people like, go on LinkedIn, see what other people in that company look like. Can you find some of them on Facebook? Like what does the culture look like? And then you want to try to align with that because people hire people or work with people that feel similar to them. So you want to make them feel comfortable. A mistake we can make is dressing too elevated or too fancy for a situation. And then what happens there is maybe that client doesn't feel like they can relate to you. Like you're dressed more fancy than me. So I don't feel comfortable anymore. So the biggest way we can win an impression is aligning with that person, getting on the same page as them, creating an image that's familiar to them that they're used to working with. That's always going to be number one. That's where they're going to be the most comfortable. And then the second way we win that impression is just by being really polished, really put together, show that we put attention into it. We're clean. We have thought about what we're wearing, but we didn't think too hard. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. I don't think it's just err on the side of less is more, but be presentable, be professional, put together. Right. That's such an important piece that you have brought about and highlighted that uh, it's very important to establish that rule of similarity and clothing is a great tool to establish that similarity. Mm -hmm. Like in sales also, we always talk about the principles of influence by Robert Cialdini and similarity is one of the principles that he talks Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. and by clothing and uh, dressing up uh, in a manner which is more or less similar to the person who you are going to talk to is like a creating positive influence. Yeah, it really is because I see it happens with men sometimes. They want to, I don't know how to say this nicely, but they want to (laughs) assert dominance and in a certain position or in a certain interaction. So they might think this is the time to wear my nicest watch or my nicest suit. But that person you're meeting with may not be the person to wear that with because one what you're communicating when you come in like that, if they're not on that same level, is that they feel uncomfortable or they don't, they feel inferior. And that is most certainly not the type of experience we're trying to create there. So that rule of similarity that you're talking about is so important when it comes to clothing. This could be with women as well. Like we don't want to come into a situation where we make the woman who may be potentially hiring us feel uncomfortable because we dressed in a way that's much different than the way that she's dressed as. So getting really clear on what does the work environment look like? And then how do I insert myself into that and look in a way that feels similar to what they're accustomed to? That's always how we're going to win that impression. Always. That's the number one way. It's not about having the most expensive clothing or the nicest designer clothing. It is not about that. It's aligning with that similarity that they've established there. The unsexy secret of growing sales is that not everyone is great at strategic planning. But did you know that you are 42% more likely to achieve your income goals if you have a system that motivates, tracks and improves your progress on a daily basis? The Personal Sales Planner is that very intuitive and holistic sales planning tool which can help you break down your lofty income goals into manageable milestones and doable daily actions. And guess what? You have to spend just 10 minutes with it every single day. 
So grab your sales planner from bit.ly slash psp-37. The link is given in show notes. It is the only tool you will ever need to do your sales planning. So grab your link from the show notes. It is bit.ly slash psp-37. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, like you mentioned the work environment and mm-hmm. now that the environment, the work environment is changing more yeah. to digital space. Yes. Has there been a change in the way we look and present ourselves in the digital space over the yes. virtual video calls? Yes. Great question. And absolutely. So, you know, what we talked about before as an in-person setting, the rules still apply on Zoom, but of course we bring them down a little bit. So, I usually tell clients, like, bring it down one to maximum two notches. If you were wearing a suit and tie before, we don't expect you necessarily to be on Zoom in a suit and tie. Not all the time. Right. Pay attention to the situation. If you're speaking on a panel, maybe it's still a good idea to wear that suit and tie. If you're in a business meeting, maybe you just have a button down shirt on, but you still look presentable. So we still want to align with the field that we were in before or that we're still in. We still want to align with that environment, but we can bring it down a little bit. But what I'm seeing is that people are getting so comfortable at home now that they're taking it too far. We still want that screen to open and we want to present a professional image. We still want our clients to feel like we're working. We still want to convey a work environment even if we're at home. And we can do that by, even if we don't have work pants on, we can still just have this part, the top part of us, right. professional. And so I would say a year into working at home, we're getting a little too comfortable. So let's just keep it polished, keep it professional, pay attention to it because it still matters on video, even if we're a little bit more comfortable than we would have been in the office. Right. And I think it uh, it again goes back to our starting point where we are associating our clothing with the level of confidence we execute and convey to the other person. So even if we are on a video call, if we are not in that power suit, probably we will not be executing the same amount, the same level of confidence, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It kind of, it always comes back to that because we want to be our most confident selves so we can talk our best, so we can communicate our best, you know, so that we are our best for our clients. And if we're showing up in our pajamas or something we're sleeping in, or, you know, we didn't take five extra minutes to brush our hair or whatever that may be, it it comes across, it translates even over video. And we're not doing ourselves any favors when we do that. So I would say just spend the extra few minutes together you know, just a little bit of attention to it. And then it translates over video and we're only doing ourselves a favor there. Absolutely. So Jordan, a little bit segueing into your personal story as an entrepreneur. Of course, you've been doing this uh, wardrobe styling and image consultancy for a long period of time. So what has been your key sales strategies that you've used in your business? How is it that you've built your business and some of the selling techniques if you've utilized in your business to communicate and connect with those clients? If you can share. I love love this question. The biggest thing for me has been education. Mm -hmm. So in this space of clothing and professional success, a lot of people push back on it. They don't pay attention to it, as we already talked about. When they think about all the things in their career that are important, 
clothing doesn't even come to mind. So the biggest hurdle for me has always been educating people on the importance of it and that it's something they need to pay attention to. And so in growing my business, education has been the number one way to drive clients into the business. And what that looks like is maybe an example of today coming to speak with you on podcasts. It also looks like free education I can provide anywhere, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, any type of social media. I'm going to speak in often to educate people there, sitting on panels. Any place that I can talk about it is a place to educate people. And it's also the biggest driver in new clients for me. We create lots of private communities, whether it's on Facebook, now Clubhouse. I don't know if that's something you're using, but even a space there, all the different touch points, like where are our prospective clients and where can we, even before ever selling them, Where can we talk about this so that it starts to be on their radar? Because once you talk about this topic with somebody, they immediately start to understand it. They start to realize, oh, wait, that confidence piece is a big piece of my career. And I never thought about the role that clothing was playing. And if I start to implement some of those things that she's talking about, do I feel better? Yeah, I do. And actually, now I realize I need help with this. And so the funnel happens pretty organically, but it always starts with having the conversation around it because otherwise it's not even something somebody's thinking about. The conversation needs to be had before the client ever comes into the business. Absolutely. Education is key, like creating that awareness, letting people know what is it all about in the first place, because uh, just sitting around and doing their work, no one will be able to think about that, hey, my clothing is something which is pulling me down uh, in terms of my career success. Since you are talking about it, then only Mm -hmm. people will come to know that, yes, this is something which I should be paying attention to. Yeah, exactly. And I love just getting people to start thinking about it. Oftentimes the life cycle of our client between the time of when they learn about this kind of idea between then and when they become a client, it's kind of long because they need to start thinking about it. The thoughts need to be there. They start to realize they don't feel great. Then they have experiences of learning some of the things that we talk about. They start applying them themselves, and then eventually they realize they need help. So we commit a lot of time into the education process of converting somebody into a prospective buyer, into an actual consumer. Right. But once they are a, cu- a customer, then they're a lifetime customer. And so that education space in there is totally worth it. And so typically, how long is the sales cycle for you? Since you deal probably in organizations with organizations yeah. and corporates, I believe they have longer cycles? They do. It can be a while, to be honest. Like There could be months of somebody, I can see them consuming the content, sitting with it, even before they ever ask the first question, before they ever book a consultation. It's a, It could be months, to be honest. Right, right. To re- they need to start to realize, like, this is actually important. This is something for me to pay attention to. Right, right. So if I just uh, dig a little bit deeper into of course. Uh, your sales uh, process and cycle, how is it for you? How do you convince of course education is one thing where you start the conversation with the buyer and yep. they mm-hmm. start to seeing the usefulness of your service with whatever mm-hmm. they are facing with themselves as a person as an individual or with the organization on the whole mm-hmm. but then as a business owner yourself what are some of the mindset makeover things that you had to do when it comes to selling asking for the sale and closing the deal and telling people okay so when do we start working 
Right. It has to be addressing the pain point. Mm -hmm. So once somebody's gone through the education space and they start to move into becoming a potential client, that's when we get on the one-on-one call with them. And we steer the conversation into a way that I can identify where's the pain point. Right. So the pain point will often either be time or it will be a lack of knowledge. It usually comes down to those two. Either somebody does not have the time to figure out how to do it or they have absolutely no idea what they're doing and they need help. Once I can identify the two pain points for them, I can steer the conversation. From there, we're able to paint out what the next steps look like for them and how the pain point can be eliminated. Mm -hmm. So I think it's when you can address what the transformation is going to look like for somebody in a way that they never saw that the transformation could exist. So if it's a time pain point, you can identify how can I give you back time, take this off your plate so you don't have to do it. And the pain point is removed so that you end up with clothing that you feel great in, but you didn't have to do any of the work to get it. When I can map that out for somebody that almost always converts that sale for them if that's their pain point. And if their pain point is not knowing how to do it or really struggling with style, really struggling with clothing, we map it out visually for them. So we show them what do you look like right now? And what's it going to look like when we handle this for you? When they can see the visual component and they can understand this is going to be the visual end result for me and you're going to get me there, it always sells the client. Wow. Style is such a visual thing. And for somebody whose resistance is that they don't know how to do it, showing them what it's going to look like converts them into a buyer. Wow. So that's the masterpiece, like making it visual, making your pitch, making your presentation all visual. That's what is the key because not everyone is visual uh, and when you put it out there on the slide they are able to see it that that's the transformation so yeah that's massive yeah exactly because I do think that not even just in my business a lot of people they kind of split between those two types of clients where one might understand how to do it but they're so accustomed to outsourcing somebody to do everything for them it's just like take it off my plate I do not have time for this that client doesn't need the visual breakdown as much they need to understand how are you giving me back time in my day? How are you making my life easier? And that's when that side is painted for them. But you're really right. On the other side, there are certain things that are really visual. Style, of course, is one of them. If we're struggling with our body, our body image, understanding how clothing can represent us, I can't make that sale unless I show it to you what it's going to look like in the end result. But once you see it and you understand you put something together for me that's really personalized for me and you're going to be able to help me achieve this, it's sold then. Right, right. So that's the key. I identifying the pain point, but then presenting it to them in a way which is more understandable for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in business, there can't be one solution that works across the board. So get to know that consumer, understand what is the struggle? What is the resistance? Where are they pushing back? Where do they not believe that a solution can come from for them? And then create the solution, show them what the solution is going to look like, explain to them what the transformation is going to be that they're going to have. And if you can explain that in a way that makes sense to them on their level, they will become a customer if you've done your job properly. Right, right. Makes sense. Yeah, totally. Thanks for uh, sharing such great advices and insight, Jordan. It was really lovely to have you on the show. I will, of course, mention all the links uh, to your work in the show notes. It it will be there available on all the podcasts for uh, people to listen. This is so wonderful. I'm so glad that we were able to speak about this today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. I'm sure you were able to find some key learnings and takeaways from today's episode which will help you grow your business to the next level. And if that's the case, make sure that you share this episode with two of your business buddies because you never know that they might also find some insight which will help them in their business. Knowledge after all grows by sharing it further, right? So do share it with two of your business buddies. Also, if you like Ace's Ace podcast consider sharing five star review and rating on apple itunes because that will help us take the podcast to many more women just like yourself who are looking to find sales success in their business also it will mean the world to us especially myself and my team who are putting loads of efforts to bring this podcast to you and lastly remember to connect with me on instagram at roshni_baronia because i would love to know more about you your business and what is it that you need help with when it comes to selling so connect with me on instagram leave a review and share the podcast with two of your business buddies i will meet you next thursday stay tuned and stay safe and happy selling